As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen I'm never quitting on my mission, I'ma roll with what I'm giving Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing Better watch the way you going, better go in the right direction In the moment you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings And I know that for certain, keep on working, open curtains Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version I'm never gon' give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah Cause this is my road you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show on WNHHLP 103.5 SM, your home for community radio. Hey, good morning and welcome. Um, this is the Tom Ficklin Morning Show on 103.5. And I want to thank Tom for allowing us to have this platform, guest hosting for him. Today we're going to have some discussions on social equity, uh, reentry 2030, and hang time and it's trifecta. So we're gonna begin um, discussing hang time. We're gonna show a brief video and then we have some folks from hang time to discuss exactly why it is community support at its best. Once upon a time, my mindset was just trying to make as much money as I could, as fast as I could. I sold drugs, hustling, stealing, robbing, hanging in the street. I wasn't a good person. I was in and out of jail. It was a part of the game. They were just making up my own rules. So I wanted to feel like I mattered. My pride wouldn't allow me to ask for help. I did everything that I needed to do to survive. There's this whole perception about everybody can pull themselves up from the bootstraps, right? Well, that's not real. If no one's willing to give you an opportunity, you don't even have boots. My daughter was probably two months when I was incarcerated. Before you know it, she's walking. Before you know it, she's talking. Those are the things that cause the real change. Miss my daughter's prom, to miss her graduation. I wasn't there. That was it for me. So I wanted to make a change for myself. And I promised her and my son that I wasn't gonna go to prison again. One year, one of my younger sisters got indicted with my brother. That's when I realized I gotta do something different. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I just knew I didn't wanna go back to jail, nor did I wanna die. I always knew that it was an end game, just didn't understand exactly how to exit. I wasn't given anything. Everything I got, I had to earn. I thought that hustling and selling drugs and carrying guns and hanging on the corners, I thought that was normal. I thought you had to do that to survive. So for me, the change was something that switched off and either the streets are gonna take over and I'm gonna go back to prison well, I might well just take this step and see what hang time can do for me. Those individuals who had to overcome major obstacles, they just have to have a direction other than what they believed was their only option. The minute you show them the sustainability of living a different life is real, now you've made an impact. Some people make a mistake in life and then gotta live with it here you don't have to ain't time touches a community that people don't want to touch it's proof that you can change and i did we all talk about freedom of speech but you know what you can and can't say in certain circles you know you got to keep your job you can't say what you're really thinking or what you're really feeling whereas when you come to hang time all restrictions are gone hang time gives you an opportunity where you can share your opinion and no one can tell you you're wrong. It's a safe space where you're respected and treated as if you matter. It's something that can change people's lives. 
once I get here, it's like a reunion, it's like a revival. It's like I'm recharging myself for the whole week. This gives me energy and this gives me positive motivation to move on. Hang time is needed in every community because it plants seeds of hope. It plants seeds of change. It addresses real problems. And not only that, it offers solutions. They take this beautiful slice of community, love, and humanity and walk out of the hang time room and carry it with them for the rest of their lives. My favorite thing about hang time is I learn something new every time. It was a social issue. It's some history, learning about different cultures because there's so many different types of people down there in hang time, different ethnicities and religions and everybody's saying how they felt. And I'm like, that's what gets me going. Hang time was different because wherever I wanted to go, wherever my plan was to do, they were with me every step of the way. I just got an apartment. I got a car. These people pushed me to do that. If somebody saw that in me, I must be changing. If you need help, if you need a change, if you need support, someone to talk to when it comes to your mental health, physical health, education, if you need a hug. Hang time changed my life beyond measure. You have a community of network that you could tap into for whatever it is that you're looking for. Positive people have positive conversations, positive things come out of it. And these people are actually doing something so spectacular in their lives. I started living each day with purpose because of hang time. I would like people to know that if you put one foot forward, hang time will put two, and we won't let you down. The day I met you, my life extended. I got on the right path. I want to make the universe better for me and my kids and someone else's kids. I want to help somebody. Everyone that I met at hang time and everyone I'm soon to meet, I always have your back. I believe in you. I knew something good was going to come out of here. If you are ready for a lifelong change to be able to help the next me, it gives you peace and happiness. I just want to make my mark here. I have one question for you. Tell me who you are, where you're from, why you're mad or why you're glad, and when you're coming to hang time. those who don't know that was a brief introduction to hang time um we have here michelle litt and gerard chappelle they're gonna uh discuss what exactly hang time and its umbrella program are for us and you can just start off with an introduction michelle and then gerard um your affiliation with hang time and its trifecta <laughs> good morning earl thanks for having us and i, I guess I'd, I'd start just by saying um my name is Michelle Litt. I'm the executive director of the Hang Time Programs. And I would be remiss not to say um, a special thank you to the Larry Ficklin Show 
for all their past support of hang time and um and our founder charlie grady and his uh youth program with the fbi here in new haven so thank you so much for having me today i really appreciate it what a welcome and it's tom oh sorry it's okay welcome mr gerard <laughs> yeah uh okay hey gerard you may want to um close out your video because you seem to have a little lag there with your uh, internet latency you're chopping up we heard every other third word okay let's try that again you hear me now it's a little better or a little better yeah. Right. absolutely yeah yeah okay awesome all right so i'm gerard chapel i am uh, the Bridgeport Program Manager for Hang Time, also out, outreach worker for Hang Time, also a mentor for the Choices Program for Hang Time. So, you know, do a lot for Hang Time. Hang Time got a lot going on. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Sound like everybody wears many hats at Hang Time. So, mm -hmm. um, so if I, either one of you guys could take this, uh, but I'd like to know why is Hang Time considered community support at its best? I guess I'll start and then I'll, I'll ask Gerard to, to join me because he comes um, at it from so many different levels. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, what, what we do at Hang Time is um, we help with community reintegration mm -hmm. um, for returning citizens. But 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 broader than that, we also work with with the entire community collaborating across the various reason, regions that we we work with. And, and that's Bridgeport is where we started down in 2014. We um, also have a program programs in Waterbury, and we recently launched in the city of New Haven. Awesome. Um, we work with families. Um, we work with men and women, uh, as well as youth, and we try to support the family um, holistically um, across all, all all sections. Okay, so so hang time consists of hang time itself proper, and then uh, I believe her time. And then you have Connecticut Hall of Change, and then you also have Choices, which is what Gerard had mentioned. Gerard, do you want to dig into Choices for uh, the folks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have in the core of the family. Um, I believe it's like one of the, the 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 most influential parts of Hang Time and its trifecta because uh, the youth is the future. You know, they're the ones that's going to run stuff when we all go. They are the ones that's going to take over all of these values and, 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 and principles that we have. They're going to make the world great or they're going to make it worse, you know? So we make an effort to go into, um, so it's 39 public schools in Bridgeport, you know? And we make an effort to go into the high schools and talk to the, um, to the athletes because, you know, they're the most influential of kids usually at the school. You know, they're usually the cool kids. Right. You know, they're athletes, you know, they got a little swag, you know, they're always in a group. You never see an athlete by themselves. They always got a couple of boys with them. They always got some people with them. Right. So we make an effort to go in there and talk to them like guys from the community, guys that that actually played sports and was relatively good and and talk to them about um, the decisions that we made that caused us to, uh, you know, not reach our potential when it comes to these sports. You know, the vast amount of us was incarcerated at one time in our life. So we talked to them about what happened, what we were doing, and why why our lives essentially changed due to like one decision. So Choices is built off of uh, um, 
helping the kids understand consequences and rewards, right? When you're of that age in, in, in your life, you know, high school is a lot for kids, you know, especially within our neighborhoods because, um, you know, they're dealing with a lot. There's a lot going on within their homes. There's a lot going on in, in outside their homes. There's a lot going on. We know they girls, they boys, you know, a lot of influences. So we just talked to them about how important it is for them to make the right choices at this time in their life because it's going to try these these specific choices is going to either either propel them or stagnate their whole life at this specific moment and and we just try to you know bang that into their heads and let them understand and we and we show and tell we show them like oh listen we all could have been NFL players basketball players if we put our if we really understood our potential and made the choices but we didn't so now I try to let you understand well, we went wrong so that y'all don't, you know, we just build with the kids. So so would you say that this this the choices um, programming that uh, hang time is providing consists of a couple of methodologies, um, one being um, utilizing the power of influencers like the high school athletics uh, participants, as well as people such as yourself would be considered a credible messenger? Mm. Yes, totally. Totally. It's like when you think about it, it, it's it's these kids are going through a lot um, within their life. I mean, Bridgeport can be a lot for for a for a for a team. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on out here and it's so easily to get involved. It's easy to get involved, especially when you're influential. You know, a lot of people you end up in a lot of situations just because, you know, a lot of people. You know, and we're just trying to, you know, curb these 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 variables in their life because they're coming for them. You know, these situations are going to arise and we're not going to be there. But we want them to kind of think, think forward, you know, live vicariously through us so that they, you know, they shine and thrive because it's some some awesome potential. And we just want us, want us to shine, but not even just Bridgeport, Waterbury, Hartford, New Haven. Everywhere in Connecticut, man, there's so much potential, but we never get the opportunity to shine due to these due to the dumb decisions that we make at a young age. It's even more so important, I think, um, when you're making these decisions, because unlike when you and I were young and making poor decisions or choices, um, we didn't have social media to put it mm -hmm. uh, in, to, to record it for prosperity and perpetuity. So. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, a, that's another thing I, I would assume that you guys are talking and referencing about the importance and, and how to, you know, adequately use or effectively utilize uh, their social media so as not to hurt them in the future. Because once it's on the Internet, it's there forever. And then with yeah, that, once you answer that, I'm going to go to Michelle uh, just to briefly talk about uh, the Connecticut Hall of Change. Sure, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, thanks. Um, and thank you, Gerard. Uh, one of the things I, I, I kind of would want to mention, too, about choices and how it interplays, because Earl, you talked about Hang and Her, her Time, and mm -hmm. you know, Hang Time is our men's program, if you will, but men and families. Her Time is our program exclusively for women and their families, and Choices is our, our youth program. You know, one of the things that's really interesting is, you know, there have been occasions where we have choices and our mentors there mentoring youth whose parents are actually attending Hang and Her Time sessions. So it's been it's been a, a really interesting way to kind of come about it and support the whole family. Um, we everything uh, is integrated, holistic. As we yeah, say. exactly. And, um, and and Gerard does a great job with the kids. They respect him and they they know him. 
um, in, in one of the high schools that we support, they're actually looking to bring us the mentoring sessions into the middle school um, to get to get ahead of it, you know, before it starts. Because by ninth grade, sometimes your your fate's already written because you you're, you're mm. already you're already hooked up with the wrong people. Sometimes even as early as uh, third grade. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. And so. Connecticut Hall Change is a, 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 an initiative that Hangtime has in partnership with um, uh, the Connecticut uh, Office of Museums, uh, Career Resources, and um, Department of Corrections. And this was also started by Charlie Grady in 2020. And it is, uh, we have an induction ceremony once a year. Um, and this ceremony recognizes eight individuals in the state of Connecticut who have been formerly incarcerated, but have made significant contributions to society and the communities they once violated since they came home. And, you know, it's, it's hard enough for folks who are coming home from incarceration, um, but it's above and beyond just getting a job or getting yourself together. It's more that these people have done community service. They've, they've um, become influential in their own communities and there are eight of them every year um, that represent the eight counties of the state of Connecticut. Um, we're doing it for the third year uh, this year. And, and not only do these individuals um, go out and speak to the Department of Corrections and police departments to kind of humanize the inmate experience and educate people, their likeness is put into a, a museum. It's the um, old Newgate Museum, which is the, that was the first prison in the state of Connecticut. But they um, also serve as inspiration to others in the community that, you know, that there is there is life after after a mistake. And uh, it's been a really great program. We have eight individuals that are getting recognized in September. Um, and uh, three of them actually are from the city of New Haven. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I can recall meeting with uh, Charlie uh, back in like 2016. 2015, and he was telling me about his ideal about the Connecticut Hall of Change, and to see it come to fruition and be in his third year is amazing. Yep. And what's really been interesting about it is that it's gotten some really positive traction around the country. Um, right now, Charlie and one of our former, our, our first class of, of uh, inductees, Dr. Antoinette Glenn, are um, moving the program forward in the state of Maryland. So it, it could very well be that, you know, in the next year or so, there could be a or hall of changes in many states. That's super awesome. That is, that is amazing work. And to have it, um, you know, spring forth from Connecticut uh, to recognize folks that have turned their lives around and are contributing back to the community, as you said, that they once um, endangered and ravaged um, is, is amazing work. Um, at this point in time, if you guys had, uh, both Michelle and Gerard, you had one thing to leave folks with um, regarding hang time. What is what would that be? Gerard, do you want to go or do you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, I, I've always said we say this and um, to people when they come in, um, we're not a program. We're a family, um, a supportive and and um, positive family and I would I would ask anybody who who's out there and wants to come in and get a hot meal and be part of something positive and empowering to join us um, in New Haven or Bridgeport or Waterbury yeah 
So I, I just, I would just like to put out there that, you know, hang time is the umbrella for multiple awesome programs. Again, we don't call it a program. If you come to hang time, you will learn that fast, right? We're, we're a family. We come together as a community. Like it, it, it's when, when you walk into the room, like like Dr. Rodney said in the um in the video, you know, we all go to hang time for different reasons, right? I go to recharge, you know, I have a lot of jobs. I do a lot of stuff. And my daughter is 15 now. She's like a lot, right? So I go there to like recharge with my family and, and, and get ready for the for the rest of the week, you know? But then you got guys that's they're coming for resources. And then you got other people they're coming for just a hot meal. But we, we got people all there for different reasons, you know, and in different levels in their lives, you know, different statuses and just just it's just a beautiful thing. I've never seen uh, a room full of so many different types of people connecting and building on uh, things that have to do within the community and things that have to do within the world in general. Man, we come out of that place. Everybody's coming out with a smile, feeling good. It's all hugs and it's all love. And, you know, I did a lot, a lot of programs in my life. And I've never seen anything like this. So it's like, if y'all need somewhere to come to feel good, if y'all need a hug, if y'all need some resources, like Michelle said, if y'all need something to eat, man, if y'all need a laugh, you know, just come on, come on down to hang time. Me in Bridgeport, Borderberry, and New Haven. We, we'll, we'll be there. We'll be there for you. Come check us out, man. It's a beautiful thing. Awesome. Thank you, folks, for sharing hang time with everybody. And, you know, if you're not busy, um, believe there's a website you can go on to find out when hang time is occurring. I believe in Bridgeport, it occurs every Tuesday. Um, and then in New Haven, it's every other Thursday. I believe that's taking place next week, Thursday. And if it's um, in Waterbury, it, it transposes. So when hang time is taking place in New Haven on Thursday, it's not in Waterbury. And when New Haven hang time is not taking place on Thursday, Waterbury hang time is taking place. And then you have her time as well taking place on Wednesdays in New Haven. Yeah, first first Wednesday of every month is Bridgeport Her Time for the ladies. Mm -hmm. And the third Wednesday is New Haven. And the fourth Wednesday of the month is Waterbury, 6 awesome. to 8 p.m. Awesome. Thank you. We'll make sure folks get information, uh, access to the website and the locations of that. And if they want to be added to the uh, distribution list to find out um, when they can make hang time. And the great thing about hang time, you can make any one of them or all of them. Correct? Right. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Carol. Absolutely. Yeah. Up next, we have the esteemed Dr. Vanessa Lyles, um, who is co-project director of PT Partners and oh so much more. Um, Dr. Lyles is joining us as she's traveling. Um, so we want to make sure that she's safe, but we also want to know, you know, some of the things that she has to say. So with that being said, Dr. Lyles, please uh, introduce yourself. Well, thank you for that generous, um, enthusiastic introduction. I Absolutely. did pause for the cause, so I'm pulled up. I'm not uh, in the car right now. Thank okay. you. Um, so I am Vanessa Lyles. Yes, I. Uh, some people call me doctor. I like to reserve that for particular occasions, but people I really care about like Mr. Bloodworth can call me Vanessa. Um, I appreciate and... that, but I'm always going to give you your props because you earned that. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Yes, it was. People want to respect it. Put them, put, <laughs> like what do you say? Put some respect on my name. 
That's right. Let me tell you, if you are a PhD is not for the faint of heart, if nothing else. It has nothing to do with your everyone has the intelligence, I believe, but it's the fortitude and the mental health. Perseverance. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so yes, I wear several hats and my my PhD is in curriculum and instruction, but specifically looking at urban education. I had great mentors in the urban education department um, at Texas A&M. Uh, but I always intended to return to the community with my PhD and have it put, be put to use um, in a village and have the, the, the village that I work in, the communities where I work, to be able to pull from the resource I have as a, as with the research skills that I have as a PhD, but then, you know, we all offer something. So this is just, you know, it's nothing, it's not special or, you know, doesn't elevate me above someone, but it's a piece of the puzzle that communities need in order to build capacity and power. So part of what I do is with PT Partners, which is a resident owned initiative for self-determination and public housing in, in Bridgeport. So I work with a wonderful cohort of residents who live in public housing, and they are my coworkers. And we work to address systems of oppression that um, exist in their lives. And you know, the more marginalized you are, the more systems you have to deal with on a regular and ongoing basis that don't mm -hmm. validate you as a capable, powerful human being. And we work to um, work to address those systems of oppression, but also build up alternative um, community support, other alternative structures that support the community so that we are not so reliant on these systems that weren't built for us anyway. Um, so for example, we will, um, uh, we will look at safety in the community by saying, how does the community keep us safe instead of having this over-reliance on police and so on. So that's just an example mm -hmm. um, for PT partners. But would I you, also, oh, go would ahead. You, would you say you ascribe, and this, this is something that I ascribe to, doesn't necessarily mean you ascribe to it, but just from the way you're talking about things and, and you coming back to um, provide yourself as a resource to the community, would you say it is incumbent upon ourselves and our own sense of self-agency to save ourselves because no one is coming to save us? All the time. I say it all the time. And we say it all the time, for sure. No one is coming to save us. We have to, that, that's, that, that is something that we have to take up. And it's always been shown in history, right? That that's what we've done. Um, we wouldn't be emancipated and free if we hadn't participated in that and made that happen. Um, no one has done that for us. Indeed, thank you. You're welcome. So I also do um, consulting with organizations for DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's like a shortcut way of saying that really looking for um, to help organizations understand how they should embed inclusion, diversity, and equity into their organization. So that's how I um, got in with United Way, uh, with the Social Equity Council um, reinvestment dollars that they have to put into Bridgeport and Stanford. And so, so I was, I have been, I had been doing, particularly with the coastal Fairfield County United Way, which is now merged with Western, uh, working with them uh, in Bridgeport Prospers on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And when the, the notice of funds came through and United Way applied, 
I had a discussion with them that this funding, this reinvestment would be funding that the community needs to inform um, and not a, 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 a large nonprofit that... Well, um, this funding you're staff. referencing, is this the um, revenue from or the taxes from uh, legalized cannabis? Yeah, so I can talk a little bit about that if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so the state of Connecticut, as some of you know, on in back in June of 2021, um, legalized effectively um, uh, adult use of cannabis in the state of Connecticut. And with that, because it is legal, it is an, an income or a, a monetary endeavor, a business um, for the a business for people who have the opportunity. And the state of Connecticut would tax that business. And those tax funds have been designated to, as a part of the law, to return to communities that have been harmed most by the war on drugs. And so part of the legislation allows for, like I said, the businesses, the business of cannabis to happen in the state. It also allows for the legal use with parameters for cannabis in the state of Connecticut, but it also has allowed for a percentage of those funds to return to the community. And what the Social Equity Council has decided is that it would return in the, for this pilot year to nonprofits in the state of, in the state of Connecticut. Um, and so for this year, the, the council, which is made up of different appointed representatives throughout the um, the state, the council has made it so that the pilot funds of about $6 million gets reinvested into um, several communities. And among them are Bridgeport and Stanford, which the United Way of Coastal and Western County, counties, this area, they, they cover. So they are tasked with reinvesting one approximately $1.8 million into Bridgeport and Stanford. And um, so United Way isn't necessarily or has not been in the business of um, reinvest, reinvesting money with people directly from the community making the decisions. And that is something that United Way and myself have um, discussed and they agreed to that this funds should be decided where these funds go should be decided by the community. Indeed. So, okay. Mm -hmm. No, I was saying indeed. I'm a firm believer also of if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So, mm -hmm. have the community at the table. Yeah, and at the basic level, Earl, you know that there is no way that if if this legislation says, you know what, we want to, you know, we know the war on drugs. We have a lot of information actual empirical data out there, and as well as people's lived experiences that are, is, is real data that says this war on drugs hurt more than it helped. It did not do what anyone promised it would do. Right. And in fact, it really harmed and, and, and set up a lot of communities to be disinvested and, and, um, and families to be torn apart, you know, same time and just finished speaking and, and, a lot of what we see there is the result of this so-called war on drugs Mass that happened. Mm -hmm. Put up families, yes. disinvested communities, mm -hmm. um, 
all of that, you know, yeah. lower tax base. So you have less money fundingly into education. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, a number of damages were done wrought based on those policies. Yes. And this fund is to be reinvested into reentry programs and the like, as well as youth and education programs. But these programs must be focused on community. And so our insist my insistence was to meet with people like you, um, Dr. Ferguson from Alliance, um, as well as people uh, like Debbie Sims from the East End NRZ market, people who have been in the community, been in touch with the community, make it our, not only our work lives, but our personal lives to be a part of the communities and invested in the communities um, for, the, for, for the community, not just for our own personal gain at all. And to talk with people like you and say, hey, do you wanna be on this committee? and help make these decisions with other members, like people, to um, make sure this money goes to not only the large organizations, but also will go to the small mom and pop um, organizations that resulted from a response to what they saw in their communities. Mm -hmm. um, they had this proximity that says, hey, you know, because we care about this, our communities, because we're a part of it, we're building this thing without a 501c3, without knowing how much money we're going to get. We're just going to do cookouts and pool some money and um, do all these, you know, real grassroots things to keep going and um, make it happen. And these organizations don't often see the funding that comes from, you know, a large pool of funds like this 1.8 million or at the state level. They don't have a grant writing team and nope. all of that stuff. Like our brother, uh, Kenny Jackson in the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't. They are... They are there. This this beautiful responsiveness. Like I see a need. All right, I'm going to reach out to so and so. I know this person has this resource. That person has this resource. We're going to try to put together. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put together funds here and there, reach into our own pockets, and make it happen. And you're not able to scale up to uh, go beyond maybe the smaller population of your neighborhood. And mm -hmm. the funders then think that you can't handle larger amounts of money. And that is not the case. You just, you know, and, it, and it's, that's where the equity comes in. If you never right. are given the opportunity, then you can't um, show the capacity. And then if you can't show the capacity, you're not given the opportunity. It's this crazy catch-22 that right. is continues to perpetuate the inequity. It's like me wanting a job, you know, like, but you need experience. But I can't get experience unless mm -hmm. I get the job. Like, come on, yeah, stop playing. Yeah, yeah is that right? Stop playing with me. For real. And, um, and thankfully, there are enough people like us who know that this is a reality and we're trying to interrupt that by taking the positions that we have, the, the networking that we have and, and saying, hey, being bold enough. I think that's the, the thing that I admire most about you and the people that we're working with is that we're bold enough to say, this is what's, what we need. This is, you know, you can't do that. This is what you need to do if you're saying, if you're going to put out there that you're doing X, Y, Z, then you need to actually be doing X, Y, Z, and we're going to hold you accountable. And um, most times, you know, it's a, you get, you get groans, mm. you know, you get people, they don't necessarily like it, but right. we have, we have such, um, you know, what we're saying can't be argued and we welcome the argument, but I think the people we're talking to recognize that, um, what we're saying is intelligent, it has merit, and we can back it up. And so 
And so we've been able to interrupt this, um, these catch-22s and make changes. Now, like, like you, you said interrupt, but before you said disrupt, that brings me to mind of mm -hmm. um, other dear sister, Dr. Khalil uh, uh, Brown-Dean with her show, Disruptions. I mm. think the, the disruption is what is needed or, or yeah. in some respects, I guess people call it good trouble in the past, but mm -hmm. it definitely needs to be some disruptions. Oh, yes. Good trouble. Uh, disruptions. Yes, I do. I love all of that because what's the what's the harm? You know, what what is the what what's the worst that can happen if you're really about it, you know, for speaking up, for saying what's ne what needed, what needs to be said in these spaces where the spaces are of people who say claim to be liberal progressives, yeah. you know, you know how that and like we're just calling them out on what this, what'd you say? There's a lot of times that's lip service. <laughs> yes. And that's what we're doing. We're saying, all right, this is lip service. Uh, we think it's lip service. Prove to us it's not. Here, yeah. And here is how you can prove that it's not. Show me what you got. Like, show me yep. what you're working with, what you're really working with. Put your <laughs> foot in your mouth. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I so we're... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, so we just had our first session with reviewers, and we are going to continue to work together and make this a process for grant making um, with community. And ideally, it's because this is a pilot with the funds that are coming up, um, and it's it's uh, it's anticipated there'll be about over twenty million, a little over twenty million for the next round. Wow. That um yeah that and it will open it up to more disproportionately impacted areas as they call it and mm -hmm. disproportionately impacted areas are um, areas that they had that have had the the way in which they've determined have had the hardest impact from the war on drugs based on conviction rates and un and or unemployment rates. So, so with this funding, we can definitely see um, almost an immediate impact and possibly, uh, you know, some upliftment in the community, um, increased public safety, reduction of recidivism. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it should be. And I, and I hope, I, I'm not sure of this, but I hope the council is really looking for that, um, looking for, there, you know, there will be some reporting required, mm -hmm. but I hope that there is an effort to take this cohort of um, grantees and say to them, show me what you're working with, show me what Indeed. you got, but not in a way that, that, um, that is just a lot of paperwork, but right. not real, real evidence, but, you know, going into communities like, or giving further assistance and resources beyond the, the dollars, um, helping capacity. them build capacity. Technical mm -hmm. advisement. Yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, I really hope that that's something that happens and something that we as a review committee can actually say we'd like to see um, some of the dollars be put towards. I mean, they don't ha necessarily have to listen, but I think if we're, they have a forum that's pretty much open and you can always get feedback. They seem to have a good feedback loop. And you can look and see what representatives in your area are are on the Social Equity Council, and then you can say it to them and they can bring it to the Social Equity Council. And from the meetings that I have listened to and the minutes that I've read, there seems to be some of that happening with some of the council people or the representatives um, talking about what's, what's important to the communities. 
And we need to just take this up as an opportunity to got, you know, to do more of this, a lot more of this. No, I agree. With that being said, I got a couple of minutes left before we sign off. I want to know if uh, Gerard or uh, Michelle, who are still with us, if they had any questions for Dr. Lyles. So I don't have any questions. I'm just like digging it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man, that this, because as a youth, I remember a lot of people going to jail for selling weed. I remember that. I remember that. And, it, and it's awesome that if there's monies that's coming back in the community that can help that that can help because uh, weed is the like the dumbest thing to go to jail for, you know, and and, and, and lives was changed over people, you know, yeah. and, and, and and I'm just glad this to hear about this, this, this grant, man, it is awesome, especially it's coming to Bridgeport. That's mm -hmm. awesome. man. It's almost yeah. like a hang time session. You learn something new, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here like, what? This is what? This is crazy, man. It, I would never expect it. I would never expect that. That that's the thing, and I'm glad that I'm glad that that's the thing. And I hope it's more things that can come into our communities that you know that affected us so 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 broadly. Uh, thank you. Agreed. 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 And it's up to us to make sure the dollars are that it it re really is use as intended and not just doesn't just become another state grant you know yes yes for sure i agree with everything that's been said thus far i want to thank our guests from hang time uh, michelle lit uh, executive director and gerard chepo and dr lyles from pt partners amongst other things um you guys are doing great work in the community uh keep it up we need all the help we can get and again as i say all the time Nobody coming to save us. I'll save myself. So let's get to it. That's right. Thank you so much, Earl. I appreciate this opportunity. And thank Absolutely. you for all you do. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks, Earl. I appreciate it. Peace. All right. Thanks, Peace, Earl. guys. All right. So with our last little bit of time, I just want to bring attention um, to an initiative um, from CSG, uh, Reentry 2030. It's discussing successful reintegration for every person. Their vision is Reentry 2030 is a national initiative that aims to dramatically improve reentry success for people exist, excuse me, for people exit in prison and those under supervision. And they are committed to a future of reentry that is human-centered, where state leaders incorporate the perspectives of people who have gone through the reentry process to design reentry systems with their needs and the barriers they face in mind. This is necessary to understand and overcome longstanding inefficiencies and fragmentation in reentry services and policies. Um, coordinated leaders across service systems and at the federal, state, and local levels are each fully engaged in their role as part of a collective, comprehensive set of supports promoting reintegration. And lastly, transparency, or actually not lastly, but transparency, States set public goals and metrics and report out regularly and consistently on progress. And lastly, equitable. Data-informed decisions drive investments to the people and communities with the most need, uh, which sounds like a lot of what's been going on um, in uh, the state of Connecticut, but it looks like uh, Connecticut is going to possibly get more involved um, by signing on, hopefully, with this uh, Reentry 2030 initiative. There's a meeting coming up, I believe, with the Reentry Collaborative. 
um, and those other folks that participate in all things uh, deriving of reentry or justice impacted folks um, sometime this month in August, more to come about that. But lastly, before we go, I just wanna share a quick reentry perspectives video from um, the folks at reentry uh, 2030. What a lot of people don't realize about reentry is that it, what it really is is resocialization. For most people that are incarcerated, especially people that, um, such as myself, I, I'm 32 years old. I've been incarcerated for about 14 of that, uh, from the ages of 14 to 18, from the ages of 19 to 29. So for, for people like myself, that reentry process started much years before I was actually released. It's about a whole new set of, uh, uh, for some people, beliefs, uh, principles, uh, uh, moral compass, readjusting. Um, so it, it really is, reentry really is resocialization. And um, that, that process for me was difficult because while you're trying to do that, what a lot of people don't realize is that bills do not take that into consideration. Your restitution does not take that into consideration. Car insurance, car payments, your employer does not take that into consideration. So that, that process can be really difficult for people in that circumstance. I'm a huge recovery coach and peer mentoring fan. I'm biased. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to peer mentoring and recovery coaching, uh, I think um, I think myself and my uh, uh, colleagues are 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 doing are doing exactly what we want to see happen to us. Everywhere I go, uh, it's it's almost like, hey, John, we need like three more of you um, because you've helped these guys out so much, and that's that's really not really patting myself on the back, but I am proud of it. But just knowing where I came from and how hard it was for me to reintegrate back in, into society and to be able to get a little bit of education and, and come back inside the prisons where I, where I was incarcerated. You know, I work in the same prisons I was incarcerated at. So, which is a, a huge, huge deal. And, and if nothing else, uh, just, those guys seeing me and knowing uh, that I slept in the same bunk, I ate the same food, uh, I had to deal with the same uh, officers, um, that I had to do those things, and I made it. All right, folks, our time has come to an end. It's been really great. I find that reentry is oh, more than a job. It's been really great spending some time with you. Hopefully, um, you know, when you listen to today's programming, you get uh, something that you didn't have before and that you were enlightened. And we had some very spectacular, phenomenal guests doing great work in the community. Also want to again, thank Tom Ficklin for this opportunity to share this information with you on this great platform. Everyone have a blessed day, stay up. Remember, ain't nobody coming to save us. We gotta do that ourselves. Thank you. As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never gon' give up, give up. Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah. 
cause this is my road Let's camera action, I'm ready to go I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up